day, it's Tuesday, it's sportsstars.ie and that means it's time for the Fair Green, our weekly feature with a past or present player about their career so far, their hopes of the future and then they get to make or break lifelong friendships when they name their fantastic four. Well, our guest this week has made history in 2020 and continues to drive on her county's challenge for All-Ireland success. She's won national titles in two different sports, county titles with her maiden club and she's not finished by any stretch of the imagination. Of course, I am talking about Roscommon midfielder Jenny Higgins. And first, Jenny, welcome to the Fair Green. Thanks, Darren. Thanks for having me. Now, Jenny, I'm going to start off this interview by apologising to you because, as many of you know, not just did Jennifer win um, a team with a championship position this year with the official ladies football team, she was also runner-up on our Sports Dance Player of the Year. And I had the nerve to ask you, <laughs> well, you're definitely going to be coming back for 2021. And I won't give away your age now, but it's uh, research, when researching for this interview, I realised that by, there's a better chance of you making 150 appearances for us coming <laughs> before hanging up the boots oh I don't know about that Darren yeah I suppose I, I kind of on, I'm on the scene a long time um, especially at Riscom and I suppose when I came into it I suppose I was in a leadership capacity nearly straight away from when I was 17, 18 so that's why I think people often think that I'm a lot older than I am and I suppose the body probably feels a bit older than I am too because I've been around for so long and I've had so many you know, consecutive seasons but yeah no I'm still feeling fresh for now anyway so um, I'm all all um, full steam ahead really for the 2021 campaign and let's talk about 2021 first because the news is out uh, you're back you're going back training on the 19th of April uh, you have fixtures for the National League as well it's been a long wait but even we were talking before the interview that when you get dates it just gives you something it gives you a pep again doesn't it yeah it was brilliant I suppose to get the dates um, you know I think everybody was kind of finding it hard to get motivation you know the first suppose months into January and February, you know, you, you kind of were thinking, oh, you might be back in March, so you were able to plough on and, you know, focus your training for that. But then, of course, when there was a setback there, you know, it's very hard, I suppose, to pick yourself up again. And um, when you don't have dates, it's very hard. Like, you know, we have a fantastic SNC coach and Anne Caffrey this year. So she was she was giving us great programmes, but I suppose it's that motivation that, you know, to get yourself out get yourself out and doing the programme by yourself. Um, so immediately when you had dates, like it, it makes everything so different. Just gives you something to look forward to, I suppose, something to focus on. And, you know, we, we already have our plan. We're back the 19th and um, we're starting with trials because there's over 60 girls looking to make their common team this year. So um, Diane, our new man, we have a new manager. So it's very exciting now, all of a sudden, you know, once you get dates, you can kind of see the, the year unfolding and it gets uh, very real and very exciting. So yeah, we're looking forward to getting going now. Because there's a lot to be positive about Roscommon and we'll even touch on it more when we go through um, some of your experiences and successes in previous years. But as you mentioned there, Michael Federman no longer in charge. Diana Hora, who's enjoyed success with Mayo, a Mayo person in charge of Roscommon, but she'll bring some leadership in there as well. And you'd be knocking on the door. You have a league programme that's very, very winnable. And there's every reason to be positive about your chances in 2021. Yeah, there's huge excitement in the county at the minute across the board about ladies football. I think even our la- last year's campaign um, sparked huge excitement across, you know, even all the way from the underage girls 
little girls starting off playing football, you know, all the way up to the senior team. And, you know, um, I suppose it was a little bit disappointing last September when we heard that Mike, Mike Finner, our manager, was going to step down because um, I suppose we had four amazing years under him. Um, he completely chased, changed the face of ladies football in Roscommon. Um, he brought us on, you know, in leaps and bounds and, and brought a professionalism and I suppose standards to the team that still is still there now, uh, even though he's gone, he's left a, I suppose, a legacy there. But then when we heard Diane was going to be taken over, sure, like, you know, you couldn't ask for for someone more exciting and I suppose a more qualified person for the job, you know, to try and take Chris Common to the next level. Um, we're so close, you know, we got we got defeated in the semi-final last year. And hopefully, you know, we'll be thinking that, you know, with the help of Diane, I suppose, but a lot of new girls in as well this year already, um, that, you know, Chris Common will go one step further this year. You've been in the semi-finals the last three years. No, I don't even need to ask you what the target for 2021 is. How important is the league for us? Come, obviously, you want to stay in Division Three at the very least, anyway. But uh, will you be treating that with equal purpose that you try and want to get promoted and get up there? The league is probably hugely important for us um, to get out of Division Three. You know, so like we've been competing with the likes of well, I would like Mead versus a league of their own, but for the likes of um, Clare and and Wexford, that they're in Division Two. So you know, if you've any aspirations of winning intermediate, you really do need to get out of Division Three and get competing in Division Two. We showed that we're probably capable of competing with the teams in Division Two if we were to get up there, but just Division Three is such a competitive league. You know, every team is. Any team really are capable of winning it, so it's it's really hard to get out of. Um, but we will be definitely setting our our sights on Division Three. Um, you know, there's some really tough tests in it. Um, don't get me wrong, but we will once the panel is picked, and um, I know we don't have much preparation for it really, which will make it a huge challenge. But there's a good, I suppose, base of the team there already that from last year. So we'll definitely pushing on and trying to to get out of Division Three for sure. We're certainly looking forward to the campaign when it gets back up and running the week of May the 23rd. Just talking about Michael Federer, and of course, Michael is the person, the copped that you might be hitting the landmark in 2020 and started the getting things organised to confirm exactly how many games you'd played that resulted in the game against Offaly in last year's championship. You making your 100th appearance for us coming. Yeah, um, so and Mike comes from a men's background and in the he played for Roscommon men's team for years and when I suppose they place huge emphasis on 100 appearances and 150 appearances and all that but it's probably something I definitely didn't even you know think about or consider and you know any day you get to go out to represent Roscommon is a huge honour and you know I'm just grateful to be able to kind of still put on the jersey you know after um, so many seasons with the team so yeah he he picked it up about this time last year actually and um the, the papers and stuff were onto it around here. Um, I suppose it was something um, to look forward to too and to, to, I suppose, for the younger players to aspire to. There's a lot of new girls, a lot of debuts were in last year's championship. So I suppose, you know, for them to see that, you know, to, to, to make 100 appearances is something to be proud of and something that's achievable. And, you know, they see, I suppose, that, you know, one of their teammates is able to get that far and to be still playing, you know, that's what... I'd be kind of hoping would, you know, inspire the other girls to keep playing, you know, not to, you know, there's a huge dropout in ladies football, at, 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 you know, in the teenage years. So even that they're willing to, to continue on and see that there's, you know, lovely things, you know, my, I was so, like, I was so blessed. I was really overwhelmed. The county board and everyone, you know, presented me with a number nine jersey in a frame, like a lovely pictures and everything. I wasn't expecting any of it. 
wouldn't be too fond of the the limelight on 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 my own now. I prefer when the team has a bit of limelight. So look, it was beautiful, it was lovely, and it was something I'll cherish. And I do think I'll cherish it even more now when I when I do hang up the boots. And we're actually in the process of building a house now, so I've already picked out the room where the the big um awards thing is going to go. So yeah, no, I'm very fortunate to Mike and the management team and the county board for. Uh, I suppose acknowledging it and um, yeah everyone jumped on it and it was just yeah it was a really special special moment and it's well deserved too and of course you paid back in buckets by player the match performances in the championship that's led to you uh, getting on the team of the championship and of course the sports stars team of the year as well but a good point you you mentioned there Jenny is importance for young players to see somebody achieve something like this and if Roscommon are going to move up to the next level have role models there like yourself and like many other players too will be important to cut down that dropout Absolutely so it is that whole thing they can't see they can't be and um, I think that's that's the only reason I, I was I was so comfortable with um, all the publicity around it because in my eyes you know it's inspiring the next generation to show that you know you do get rewards for being involved in ladies sport and that it is acknowledged your commitment and your dedication to the team is something you know that people do value and I suppose we had such a successful campaign as well last year and because our team is is so exciting at the minute it is it is inspiring our underage players and um you know even look the 60 girls for trials in, in a week's time and like that's that's huge for Roscommon have that many people competing for the team um, so it is that whole thing if you can't see you can't be and, and we're very fortunate here I suppose and with yourself sports dads and you know the media is really highlighting ladies football the last number of years and it's paying dividends because the standard of the game and the promotion of the game um, is going from strength to strength every year and it is like across all the grades as well. But as you mentioned too, having 60 players in for trials this year as well, it's important to have a conveyor belt. And you play a key role in that too with coaching underage teams at under 14, 15 and 16. Yeah, so I would have, I suppose, started coaching the underage development squads myself when I was about 20. So again, you know, I feel probably like I'm older than I am. And <laughs> it's quite surreal the last year or two, some of those girls I've coached at under 14, under 16, they're actually playing alongside me now. So, I don't know if there's time for me to move it on or what, but uh, yeah, they still, I suppose, see me very much as a mammy. Like, they do see me as their teammate, I suppose, but because I've been there with them since they were 14 and 15, like, now they're they're on the senior panel and they're playing on, on the starting team beside me. Um, it is quite special, you know, I've seen them progress and, I, you know, I know the kind of people they are from, from training them and coaching them and seeing them progress and now to see them, you know, talk it out on a Sunday because Side of me, it's very special, but yeah, it's great to be involved in coaching. It's quite hard now, I suppose, when you're playing at the same time. So I probably am involved as much as I'd like to be, and it's definitely something I would, I will get in, involved in in the future when I do retire. But um, yeah, I love to get get involved in the underage and you know give them any kind of encouragement or words of wisdom or coaching ability or skills, so that the next generation of Roscommon football is in, is in a good place. We've been very impressed since we started off sports stats with the work that goes into Roscommon football between all the initiatives, even the fundraising, the 5Ks that are going on at the moment. But even when you started your Roscommon career, it was a completely different story as well. You were struggling for numbers, struggling to get the thing up and running. And I've no doubt probably there was times you wondered, is this what you really want to do? Absolutely, yeah. So I'm. I think that makes me even more grateful in the last couple of years, especially for the last four years since Mike has took us over, and to see the amount of work and the progression that's been in Roscommon Ladies Football. Um, you know, even if I was to step away today, like or tomorrow, I'd feel very happy that you know the next generation or the 
the underage players coming up or, or they're in such a fort- fortunate position that there's a really good base there, um, really good people involved at, at every level, at county board level. You know, we have a fantastic county board. They never, they never, you know, we're never stuck for anything. They work very much uh, player centred. And then, you know, our sponsors, Ballymore, are fantastic too. And, and then the coaches, um, the amount of people that are involved is amazing. Um, but I suppose when I did start off, so we, we came off the back of a very successful under, a minor team. So we won the All-Ireland B title and um, I was captain of that team that year. And I suppose I kind of thought that was it, you know, yeah, this is the start of success. And, you know, I played a little bit of basketball too and I was quite successful with our school team. And, you know, I thought, oh, this is this is what it's like, you know, winning all the time. And unfortunately, that wasn't the case um, when I joined the senior squad you know there wasn't that many senior players there so we were initially really like just starting off from scratch for, with that minor team and a few other players coming through so um, I suppose we were blessed in leadership roles straight away when you came in you kind of there was no easing your way in or, or coming off the bench you were straight into midfield and at 18 and just had to kind of either uh, float or sink like that kind of way but players were always there you know they really were like we had some fantastic players and you know, when I think of now some of those players who who haven't, you know, who may have stepped away since, like they, they didn't keep going and, you know, the success we've achieved in the last couple of years, you know, I think of those players, you know, that really committed and I suppose drove us coming on when it wasn't in a good place, you know. Um, we used to have, you know, seven and eight at training, like when you think of those days and they're not even that long ago. I, like I remember the year before Mike came in, I remember we only had like nine or ten at training and then, Fast forward like, you know, a year or two on and I remember sitting in a dressing room and it's absolutely full. Some girls like not even fitting in the dressing room. So that just shows, I suppose, like the players were there, but it was just to get that structure, that organisation, that professionalism into it and just suppose getting the right people involved and a lot of different factors too, you know, funding and even the ladies game itself has has progressed. So yeah, when I started off, it definitely wasn't like it is now, but I think that makes me appreciate it even more. Like I appreciate every day, you know, everything we get from the food we get after training and to even just getting pitches because that was something we had to fight for only maybe seven or eight years ago. So um yeah, I'm fortunate for the girls, like the younger girls they laugh at me when I do talk about these things, but because they can't even imagine that now, which is I, I which I'm delighted for them because they couldn't even imagine now, you know, not knowing where training was going to be or um not having food after training or you know, even just not having numbers at training. So, yeah, Roscommon football is definitely in, in a good place and long may it continue. And certainly so, because even as we're talking about that, there's been a massive change, I suppose, uh, for a positive light. There's a long way to go and how our female athletes aren't treated. There's still many counties that are in the exact same boat at the moment that Roscommon would have been just about 10 years ago. You know, mm. because as you said, you came into the senior setup in 2010. Uh, things were looking good beforehand. Of course, looking good in the Higgins household too, sure. Mm-hmm. Did you was it, there was um, was it Kevin or was there two of the brothers involved in the minor team? The one, the the oh, Kevin, the yeah, uh, yeah Kev, Kevin was, but my other brother played as well. So it was a busy household, yeah. Your you're four older brothers, am I right? Yeah, so that's right. the influence was there when you started playing football. How did you get in, into playing football at the start? I'm the baby, and four brothers ahead of me, and they're all very sports mad, so I couldn't really leave it behind. <laughs> Um, you know, you were fighting for everything out, out on the in the back garden. That's probably where you kind of had to learn your skills very quick. But yeah, no, I'm very fortunate. Like my, my brothers were my role models growing up for sure. And my dad and my parents are fantastic. They're absolutely number one risk common fans. They they never miss a game. Um, you know, apart from unfortunately last year with COVID, but um I'm lucky that, you know, Kevin and Michael, my other brother, they started playing for us coming very early. So I kind of followed them. I just wanted to be what 
do what they were doing and be like them. And suppose when you have great role models like that, you know, it was something to aspire to. So yeah, I'm very fortunate that I just started kicking with them when I was, you know, maybe nine or 10. And, you know, admittedly, I probably wasn't the best player in the world at the start. It took me quite a while to get into it. But um, yeah, once I hit my teenage years, I kind of found my own and um, I kind of went off on on my own story, really. But yeah, I still now like, you know, my brothers are huge sports. And as I said, my family, are my my parents, you know, are huge sports. And they're probably the reason I, I can continue to be involved, too, because, you know, that makes a huge difference. Like even my fiance and play for his family. And when you have when you're surrounded by people who understand the sacrifices or the commitment and, you know, they don't even bat an eyelid if you're doing a yoga session at seven o'clock in the morning or you're jumping into the the River Shannon for recovery or anything like that, that they're just so used to you just kind of, that's what you have to do or missing nights out and things like that. So yeah, I'm very fortunate that I have great people around me to, to help me continue to play. Because it's we often repeat this on our various podcasts too, that uh, people will just look at you in the primrose and blue or playing for the club and that's it. They forget now that rest and recovery are so important. What you do the following days nearly is important. What you do leading up to a match to ensure you're right the next day. And, it's, when you hear stories of like players putting 30 odd hours into their hobby every single week mm-hmm. sure it's it's very those times very easily add up yeah so like you know I think some people you know when they see success that's all they see but they don't see the hours and the months and the years really that go into that success and I suppose that's something that I've in the last number of years, as I've got more experience, I'm probably um, I'm probably in better shape now than I was maybe 10 years ago because, you know, you learn how to look after your body. You learn, you know, what works for you, what doesn't work for you. You learn, like like that you were saying there, that the recovery is nearly as important as the days that you're on the pitch. So many different things go into it, like even picking up injuries and things like that. People, I suppose, don't realise, you know, I've went to some extremes, you know, just to get onto the pitch and, um, you know, I have my absolute amazing go-to doctor, Dr. Martin Daly. I don't know if you're familiar with him in Ballygar. He's the Roscommon men's doctor. And that man has got me out of so many different injuries. And, you know, like the things you do just to, to get on the pitch and be in the best best shape that you can be for, for the team. You know, ours, you know, the, what, you, what you actually do to, to play for Roscommon or play for your team. And every athlete is the same. Every ladies footballer, men's footballer is the exact same. Um it is, you know, huge, huge work, uh, but you wouldn't have it any other way because you absolutely love it. And I suppose it's the day, you know, I always think I, I'm not going to be able to do this forever. You know, people might, people have often said to me, are you still playing? You know, like, with, you do not, you know, you're missing this, you're missing that. But to me, like, I have only so many years that I'll be able to do this. And it's something that I absolutely love. And, you know, I have the rest of my life then to do, you know, the, the nights out or whatever else that you might be missing. But for me, like, I absolutely love it. So I wouldn't have it any other way. And that's exactly it. And it doesn't feel like a chore when it's the love, mm. the grawl, the game that you have. And you got broke into Roscommon at underage level. I think it was about under 12. And we worked way up to minor, which we'll talk about it again in a moment. But of course, you've mentioned already, it wasn't the only sport that you were making a name for yourself because you weren't too bad at the old basketball either. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, Darren. So, yeah, no, I was. Um, to basketball was probably my first sport, my main love really growing up. Um I got involved at primary school and in my first year in secondary school, I went to Castery Community School and Joe Henry, who is a well-renowned uh, basketball coach and has huge you know, success to his name. He kind of picked me out at, at primary school and kind of focused on me then when I went into secondary school. And, you know, he, he developed me into a, a, quite a decent basketball player. And, um, you know, we, we won a couple of Royal Ireland's and would have been quite a big player for them. And then as a result, I got picked to play for Ireland underage basketball teams. And, 
yeah, so it did come to the stage then where I kind of did have to choose. So it was very hard to compete, you know, at such a high level for both sports. And the, the main factor, I suppose, that it came down to at the time was it, was it was just a little bit easier to play for the county. There wasn't a club at the time near me. So for me to have to continue, I would have had to been travelling to Dublin or Cork or, you know, somewhere like that for... 16, 17, 18 year old, it would have been quite a lot. So I actually ended up choosing the football. But, you know, I still play basketball. Like we actually set up our own club, the Western Warriors, and we compete in the Shannon side, or it's Long Lee Trust, it's called League. So we haven't competed, obviously, the last two years with COVID. But, um, yeah, I'd be looking forward to getting back to it. I love playing it in the off season. I get such a buzz out of basketball. Like, I, it's, it's, it, and it's amazing the skills are so transferable. Sometimes I'd be at Gaelic training, lately now, especially, I think. Sometimes it'd be a Gaelic training and, you know, different coaches would be doing drills and I would be saying, Jesus, I say to the girls, so I would say every day football is turning more into basketball, you know, different things like uh, setting screens or, you know, the positioning of your body. And they, a lot of teams, if you watch them, they play very much like in a basketball, except just, I suppose, on a bigger scale. It's you know, a lot of them. now as well, too. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, or the pick and rolls and different different moves that you can do. So um, the skills were very transferable. So yeah, I was lucky I had, I suppose, the best of both worlds growing up. So it was great. I was going to ask you about playing basketball currently, but of course, that's how you started to make your name through Roscommon. It was your basketball exploits. As you mentioned there, you were the Ireland under-15 team back in 2007. You won in All-Ireland with Castlereagh CS2. And I suppose... It was the Roscommon Junior Sports Star of the Year in 2008 where you first made your mark on the county scene and that was through basketball. Very good, Darren. You've done your, done your research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was it. I suppose I was mostly known as a basketball player back then. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, as I said, it took me a while to actually to get into the football side of things. I, I suppose it was actually at the same time that I probably started to develop and come into my own as a 16-year-old as a a 15, 16 year old as a footballer at the same time. So yeah, I ended up captaining the Roscommon under 16 team, I remember. And then I went on to captain the, the minor team for two years. And I suppose that's when I kind of I suppose started to, to find my myself on the pitch as well. And yes, but I suppose in the early days, I probably was more of a basketball player. And then it was only kind of as, as I suppose I had to make, start making a choice that the, the football kind of took over. Um, so yeah, and then sure, once once you're involved in Roscommon the underage and we kind of were tasting success, it was very hard to step away from that. 2008, that was, and of course, as we've mentioned already, less than 12 months later, your minor winning captain, player of the match too. And as you mentioned, the excitement was there. Things were all falling nicely into place and no doubt you must have been dreaming of senior success in the near future. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I, I expected, I suppose, in many ways. When I look back, you know, I like I had tasted a lot, a lot of success at, at different stages in both sports. And I kind of thought, you know, you do kind of start to think that maybe this is just the way it goes. You know, you work hard and you get the reward. But that's that's not always the case. You know, there, they, sometimes you are knocking on the door for a while um, before you achieve success. So, you know, sport does give you the highest highs and the lowest lows. And unfortunately, I've probably been on the receiving side of the the lowest lows a lot over I suppose the start of my senior career but definitely you know the last maybe five years um has definitely met up for for any of those days and you know I suppose I had to fight like myself and a couple of players that are still playing you know maybe a, a group of maybe six or seven of us that were there you know at the early days and you know we fought so hard to try and make us common I suppose into the team it is today like and to try and keep the show on the road you know on those days where you might have only had 13 or 14 
at training you kind of still wanted to be the best you could be so we knew that the talent was there like and then we were fortunate that Kieran Kenny came in um, and we won a Division 4 league so we got out of Division 4 and well, I can't remember the year I think it was 2013 I think for 2014 yeah so that was the first kind of sign that you know Roscama were on the up because we had a good structure again like we had the players with a good structure in place and um, a good setup, good management team and like again the county board were on, on, on our side as well so uh, everyone was working together and unfortunately when he stepped away uh, we've probably hit a lull again then and then when Mike took us over like we've just gone from strength to strength since and I suppose I'd be forever grateful for Mike Finner because we had never won a county champion or Connacht championship sorry and we were so close we were always only within a point or two of Sligo and or Leitrim and then um, Mike came in and we won we've won two back-to-back kind of championships and um, I've no doubt that we probably would have won a third last year because we were going so well if we had if the college championship had went ahead so yeah like it's it's amazing really I suppose when you look back how we've how we have progressed and where we are now but yeah I, I just I'm so grateful I suppose to be involved now when Roscommon football are on the up you know it makes all those kind of the the bad days back when I started off, you know, worthwhile. Because I did read in an interview that that was your ambition, at least at the time, I think this is about five years into your senior inter-county career, that you hadn't won a Connacht title yet. And I, I realised I mixed up my notes here, Roger. Kevin and Michael won a Connacht under 21 title. And of course, Kevin is a Connacht senior medal as well. And I, I was at a few of those Connacht finals as well, Jenny, where if anything, you probably did as much damage to yourselves as Leaptrum or Sligo did to get over the line too. Mm-hmm. So even that, would, would relief be the right word in 2018? You finally managed to get a provincial medal that's your own oh relief was exactly the word um I remember it was such a hot day like it was probably the hottest day I've ever played football it was scorching and the nerves the tension in the directory but it was something like like I'd never experienced before like but it was nearly like a confidence as well within the team because for for the first time it was nearly like we weren't afraid we knew that we we were capable of doing it so yeah, we went out there and we absolutely blitzed Sligo. Like we we were we had a fantastic uh, performance and like afterwards, it's something I'll never forget as well. You know, there was tears from so many people. Um, you know, people like that, like Mary Mackley, our county secretary, Brendan Craig, our chairman. You know, my own parents who've been at every game since I was sixteen, and you know, there's a few mammies and daddies like that that have been there on the bad days and. Mary and Brendan and Mihal McHugh and Martina McHugh, people like that that have been there in the bad days and then to finally win that kind of championship, like you could just see what it meant to everybody. Um, and it wasn't even about the actual kind of championship, I suppose. It was just that we were finally bringing home silverware, you know, that we were probably, like we were knocking the door for so long and to finally um, achieve our potential, you know, to finally actually get over the line and win it was a sign of things to come. And then the following year with the complete opposite weather, absolutely downpour the wettest day I've ever seen football I'd say and then we got the win again and um, that one then I suppose was it, it wasn't that special it wasn't as sweet because I think the first one was what it was all about I suppose the second one then was nearly like building block to the All-Ireland because straight away your mind starts thinking right if we can compete a Connacht with you know Sligo Leitrim who have been renowned you know for intermediate getting to the latter stages in the years previous then we were well ready to push on for All-Ireland glory so and um, yeah, that's where our, our head, heads are at at the minute. Because it was Championship Silver. I was there at 2018 um, to, to see you win that one. It wasn't at 2019 too, but I could see what it meant to you all to finally get that victory because you would proven you were as good as Sligo and Leitrim. And we could say the same with a Sligo or Leitrim person here as well. There wasn't, mm. it was never much 
between those three teams, bar the one year the Leitrim had to pull out when they were having problems on, on their own as well. But to finally get that win, and as you mentioned, it was starting a stage where Roscommon are really moving up the ladder. Yeah, and that's exactly what it was. It was nearly like a sign of things to come, you know, that we were always so close to those teams and, you know, we, we might have beaten them in the likes of the league or things that probably non-championship related games. But yes, we couldn't when it mattered to actually get the win. So, yeah, we've been fortunate now that we kind of, the tides have seemed to turn and we seem to be getting the better of, of those two teams and, and hopefully, like, we'll continue to do so because it's been long enough the other way. But, um, yeah, just pure relief, I suppose. And, yes, it was a very special day and one that I know anyone involved in Roscommon Ladies Football um, will will treasure for a long time because it just was that kind of switch that said, you know, this is Roscommon Ladies now are on the up, you know, they're, they're ready to take it to the next level. And it led to three All-Ireland semi-finals. I know you need to win a match in the meantime to get to those positions too. I've no doubt you're glad to see the back of Mead in intermediate football because even going into those two All-Ireland semi-finals in 18 and 19, you always felt you had a chance, but you probably just got Mead playing as well as Mead could in those particular days. Exactly, really. Mead are a different animal. You know, that's the only way to describe them. Um, we have played them a good few times between league and championship, and they're a phenomenal outfit. You know, I, I definitely see them compete at senior level. They have 15 players, but they also have subs that come on, come off the bench that do exactly the same as the guards that are on the team. Like, they're just so well drilled, and their management team seems to have a really good rapport with them, and they seem to, everybody seems to know their job. They're, they're just a phenomenal outfit. And like you said, now we are quite happy to see the back of them because they had beaten us and beaten us well. You know, they, the first two semi-finals, we couldn't really argue with the results because we were just beaten by the better team. You know, um, you can say, you know, we didn't really show up on one occasion or that, but it was more so they were just so good. You know, they were just beaten by a better team. You know, sometimes you just have to hold your hand up and say, you know, we were beaten by a better team. I suppose then last year with Westmead, that one was probably... Um, it was a bit of a pill to swallow because we probably felt that we were the better team in that semi-final, but just didn't get the result on the day. A few little small mistakes. It just kind of shows, I suppose, that at the top level, if you make those mistakes, you will get punished. And uh, that's what Westmead did, you know, coming down from senior there. were well experienced and knew how to see out the game. But look, it, it's a positive sign, you know, three semi We went from um, the year before Mike came in, we were actually nearly relegated to junior that year. So if you think about how we've progressed within the last three years so the year before Mike came in we were looking to be relegated to junior and we had to fight to stay up to intermediate and then fast forward a year and we've been in the last three intermediate semi-finals so um, please God now we'll, we'll continue to push on and we, we might just be lucky enough to go a step forward this year I know you wouldn't have felt it at the time but three, four months after that game against Westmead like look at the start of the championship people would probably had Westmead down as favourites to win it out as well and probably just a couple of mistakes were the difference between the teams because you proved that you could play football again I know I've said this a few times in the interview that you could play as good as your opponents too and probably just got the maximum punishment for a couple of errors in the day Yeah, so I know people would have picked me or Westmead as favourites, of course, and deservedly so. You know, they're a senior outfit and they're some top-class players. And um, so we, we knew what Mead were capable of as well. So they were the two competitors. But intermediate itself is so competitive. You know, we played a really, really strong Wexford team as well. We were lucky to get on the right side of that. You know, Kildare, fantastic. Claire, you know, I could I name a good few down as well. You know, really tough teams. But uh, yeah, I suppose that the, 
that that West Mead game took you know took a good bit out of me now I know afterwards it took me a while to get over it I was uh, I'm not a good loser as it is but that when when you lose then you feel like you know you could have won it you know the one that got away you know that kind of feeling when you're going God if, if only this went if only we did this or you know, only that pass went there we could have got a goal you start analysing every single thing that you did to see you know could could have made a difference but um suppose that's the fine margins at the top level and but look it's something I suppose now we can look back on and say well look they were down from senior they got very close to me in the final as well and you know it gives us great hope for for this campaign and it shows that I suppose we can't make those mistakes again if we're looking looking to push on so yeah we'll we'll take a lot from it and we will learn from it and and um hopefully hopefully move on and uh go one step forward for further I suppose this year before we move on as well, of course, that's the, probably the thing you can reflect now. That's why I deliberately mentioned the three, four months at the start that you would have learned an awful lot from that game, not just take the positives out of it too, but realise the little things that need to be addressed if Common are going to get to Crow Park in 2021. That's it. And we were fortunate, I suppose, now that Diane uh, O'Hora and our management team were appointed at the time. So they had been, you know, sitting back watching our, our championship campaign and I'm sure they have watched that that game in detail and will will have taken a lot. Now, unfortunately, we haven't met as a team, obviously, with COVID and the restrictions. But like I know from even talking to Diane, like they they have analysed that game and they'll they'll take a lot from it and they'll be able to, um, hopefully bring new ideas and I suppose new, a new energy to it as well to bring us over the over the line. Um, like Diane comes from a uh, very experienced background, you know, having played herself, having all stars and. Suppose manage teams to to All Ireland success as well. I think to manage down to our intermediate success not that long ago either. So, um, hopefully you know between the players that are there, a few new players in, and with a with a new uh, fresh management setup, you know who knows what we're capable of in twenty twenty one. Well, I wish you the very, very best of luck in that, Jenny, and hopefully we'll be talking in more capacity again as the year goes on. Let's talk about club for a few minutes before we wrap up. Of course, Western Gales is your maiden club. We'll explain all that in a moment too. Uh, another club that has come up the ranks and you've enjoyed success along the way. Yeah, so Western Gales would be my home club. I suppose I'm from Fairy Mount, which is a little village near French Park, and French Park would be the Western Gales club. Um, myself, my four brothers, my parents, everyone's very much involved in Western Gales and, you know, have been for years. Um, you know, they, they definitely have went from strength to strength over the years as well. Both in the, the men's and the ladies were probably, you know, we're such a small club, we probably are punching above our weight a lot. Um, but, you know, we're fully capable of competing in, I suppose senior in, in the men's and the women's the last last few years. Um we won, you know, junior, took us a while to get out of that, then went up to, to intermediate, took us a, I think it was six years to get out of intermediate and eventually made our way to senior. So we've been senior um the last God, I think maybe four, four or five years, could even be more. Um, but then I suppose my fiance is from Clannagale in Athlone or up, up the far side of Roscommon. So it's about an hour and ten minutes really from from home. So um we're looking to build and, or we are in the process of building up there as well. So I suppose the decision came, I suppose COVID gave me a lot of time to think. I was, I was sick of driving up and down the road. I've been doing it for a long time now. So um, I had to try and make a decision whether I was going to transfer up uh, while I was still able to contribute to the club in Clonagale or was I going to keep driving and, um, you know, living out of my car. So I decided, I suppose, you know, kind of as you get older, you realise that, that football isn't the be all and end all and sometimes you know you have to do what's best for your personal life as well and with us building up there and you know our future is very much up there so 
Um, I decided last year, the end of last year, to transfer up. So, yeah, so I'm excited. I have a new club for this year. And, um, you know, it's like second home to me anyway. Myself and Cahal are together for, Jesus 12 years. So, you know, I've been involved in Clannagale Gale for, for the guts of that as well. Because, of course, Cahal will be a, a big figure in the men's team. So, yeah, looking forward to, to the challenge ahead for, for this year as well. Of course, Carl Shine, of course, is who you're on a bunch of listeners don't know as well. But we were very lucky this interview happened. I myself and Jenny have joked about this. Of course, I'm a Galway man and Jennifer is a Roscommon woman. But of course, I've met the move now, moved into Roscommon too. But if anybody local will understand this, because now I'm living in Top McConnell, which is Porrick Pearson's. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny's now moved to Clonmacale, which they have their own heated enough rivalry as much as going Ross Common have, don't they? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're we're the two biggest transfers in this year or the last couple of years, Darren. But uh no uh yeah, so sure we're you're only across the way from me, which is quite funny actually. Yeah, so Clon and Pierce is it um be very close neighbours and, and can be big rivals as well on on any day as well. They've actually was Power Pierce's that bet them last year in the I think it was the county semi-finals. So yeah, there'll be a lot of uh, rivalry this year, I'd say, to try and get get one back on Port Pierce's. But uh, yeah, they've welcomed the two of us, I think, in with open arms up this up the south of Roscommon. I certainly hope I meet you at a Roscommon football match before I meet you at a Boring Pierce's versus Clonagale <laughs> contest. <laughs> but also, just while we're talking to you, I want to give a shout out to Morgan McDonald, a good friend of mine who listens to the podcast. He used to be the Clonagale manager as well. I think he's still involved in the club in some shape or form as well. Going back to Western Gales, what was the reaction like at the home club when you let your intentions be known that you were going leaving? Yeah, look, it was one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make. Um, you know, Clonic or Western Gales is my home. You know, always has been, and I, I'm a huge part of the club. And you know, I was captain last year, so it was a very difficult decision to make. But it's one I was probably thinking about for a number of years now because you know I'm living in up in Clonmel, up at Lower Direction and near Clan. So, like, and we're building up there. So, you know, it was something I suppose that was on my mind for quite a while. Um, I probably thought I'd end up retiring you know like I kind of did think that was the way but then when COVID hit it probably helped me in many ways because you know I cleared up all my injuries and you know I'm probably fitter you know in better shape than ever so there was at the end of last year I wasn't looking like retiring but I did have to start thinking of you know myself because I suppose in lots of factors that were were in my mind like even I I struggled with something called hamstring tendinopathy which is you know, it's made worse by sitting. And, uh, you know, I was sitting, traveling for an hour, 10 minutes down to train an hour and 10 minutes back, you know, like things like that. You know, if I wanted to prolong my career and play for as long as I could, you know, probably wasn't going to be the best thing for me to be continuing to do. And um, that, that, of course, and then I said our future is up there. So it was, there was a lot of things, I suppose. And, you know, Annie and my, my close friends would have known that it was on my mind for a while. And, they probably weren't really shocked, you know, when I did did eventually bring it up. Like any my I said, any of my close friends kind of knew it was coming. And yeah, so look, it was I'm sure it was it was a difficult one to take. You know, I'd be one of the the bigger players for the team. But there's lots of players coming up there that'll easily take my place. And there's um, you know, a strong team there as it is. So they'll they'll continue to plough on and I've no doubt they'll be it'll be a bit strange actually because we'll have to play against them this year because both clan and um Western girls are, are senior, so that'll be a little bit unusual, but it's just the way it is. But as I said, you know, like they weren't, they were very supportive that they knew, they knew I was doing it for the right reasons, you know, that like I couldn't continue to keep traveling and that my, I was going to be up there. The GA is such a, an amazing community. Like 
like it, it'd be great to be involved in the GA community in which I'm going to be living for the rest of my life. So I think, yeah, anyone who who knows me would know that I didn't make the decision lightly. And um, yeah, we're, we're supportive. So. And of course, you mightn't notice it on a map too, but the distance from South Ross Common to North Ross Common is a fair drive now. I know it very, very well myself. So it's so understandable. And I'm glad it was a supportive a reaction you got because you shared some great memories. You touched on them there already. Beating Boyle in 2011 to win junior, uh, no doubt being so young as well, was massive. And then, of course, getting up to senior in 2017. And now they're in that position after starting off in the junior ranks. Yeah, and I'd, I'd like to think, you know, that I gave everything I could to Western Games. You know, I've played with them since I was eight, like the guts of over 20 years, and I gave them everything I could. And, you know, I tried to, you know, instill knowledge on my my teammates that I was playing with and the younger girls coming in, even last year. You know, I like I, I definitely did my best for them. You know, I, I tried to leave it in a better place than, say, when I when I came in. Like, when I came in, I, again, it was a bit like with Gamet. There wasn't, there was, it was, we were junior B, I think, so... You know, I came in at under 16 in junior B and, you know, fast forward, whatever, a couple of years later, we were up in senior, you know, with a lot of hard work by a lot of people. And, you know, I'm grateful to have been involved in that. And I'd, I'd always see Western Games as my home club. And I'm very fortunate and grateful to have played for them. But yeah, just, I suppose, you know, as you get older, just different priorities come into play and you just realise, you know, that, that um, you know, you have to think about what you want to do even when you, when you finish playing and what where you want to be. Well, of course, we hope, as you mentioned there, just to be no talk of retirement for a few years' time. And I've already ap- apologised for daring to ask the question last time we spoke. You're not was, the first one, don't worry. There was so much more I wanted to talk to you about in regards like under-21 captains, well, IT Sligo, but the clock is getting away from us. Before we finish up, Jen, if I asked you to pick one moment, one highlight of your career so far, what would you pick? Oh, that's a really hard question. I suppose the the biggest highlight of my career so far would probably be um, can I oh how can I pick two? Go on, <laughs> I'll pick two. So I would say like obviously you know reaching a hundred games for Osama last year was massive, you know huge, and um, so that'd be definitely up there. But I suppose if I had to, yeah, I had to push me for one. I'd say, you know, winning that first kind of title with Rathcom. And, you know, to many people, they might say, oh, it was only a kind of title, but I suppose it, it's what it represented. It was so much more than just a kind of title. And I suppose it was it was a start of the upward trajectory of Rathcom Ladies Football. So, yeah, it's definitely one I love to get. And I'd say it was it's one of my favourite favorite memories. It was a fantastic day, as we mentioned already. But even you make one good point there before we finish up. The debate will always go on, should the provisional championship still be in, whether it's football, hurling, ladies football or camogie or so forth. But we all people often forget in that conversation that for a county that hasn't won one in so long, like you spent eight, nine years trying to win one in your own career as well. And Roscommon probably waited longer than that too, that they still are very, very important in the Gaelic Games calendar. Oh, they're huge. Um, you know, it's something I, I know from, from our point of view, you know, that's what we were aspiring to when we were kind of both not competing at the high level. You know, we realistically, we weren't aiming for our, our Ireland glory, but at least it was achievable to try and get some silverware through the provincial series. And then, you know, by aiming to achieve that, then you, you start progressing and then you, then you start, you know, um, moving on forward with your team for Ireland Um kind of success as well so I value the kind of championship so much um, especially when you're competing with you know well Leitrim Saigo who have been you know they're they're about in the last number of years and yeah I think you know we get as much satisfaction and I know even for this year like we're we're really hoping that the provincial championship will, will go ahead because it's just as exciting or it's just as I suppose honourable to win that as as to win anything so yeah we're, we're, we're definitely for it anyway.
And certainly was something that we all missed after when it wasn't there with the provincial championships because you might take them for granted in some counties. Um, but when they're not there, then you kind of go, oh, you know, we you know, really missed mm. that day. Jen, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. There's so much more we could have gone through as well, but hopefully we get the opportunity to do it again in some capacity over the next year. Now, we're not finished with you yet. Of course, every guest's favourite moment on the show as we go to get to the bigger Fantastic Four. And I know you're still uh, finalising your, your starting team. So I'll give you a moment or so as I explain to new listeners what's going on. In a moment, I'm going to ask Jenny to pick the uh, or Fantastic Four, the two best players she's played with. That can be club, county, college, any criteria you decide yourself. And the two best players that you played against. So Jenny, whenever you're ready, the best player you played with and why? So I suppose I would say the best player I played with, and I'm very fortunate to still play with her, is Laura Fleming from Roscommon. So she was my joint captain this year uh, with me. So the two of us were together and she's my training buddy. So uh, we train an awful lot together. And uh, yeah, she's just an all-rounder, I suppose. She plays midfield half forward, but she can she takes the freeze, she can score, she can defend. She's the biggest engine that I have ever played with. You know, she never stops running and um, more so I suppose it's the work and commitment that she gives to the team nobody in Roscommon works harder than her you know so um, definitely she'd be the best player I've played with um, for sure I was going to say the work the work rate of Laura is particularly stands out for me anytime I've seen her playing another great ambassador for Roscommon football Laura Fleming is number one the second player you played with and why so I'm going to be a little bit biased here. So now Laura and this girl will be two of my best friends. So I am definitely biased, but not just that. I, I kind of know them inside out. So I know how good they are. And that would be Natalie McHugh. So Natalie McHugh for Roscommon, she has played, I suppose she started on the scene when I started. So she's been through the roller coaster of Roscommon football like I have been. So, um, but she's been very unfortunate. She picked up a really serious knee injury in our Division 4 league final in 2013. 2014 I think it was and um, she's just been hampered with injuries ever since but for someone like her who has been like she's been off the pitch probably more than she's been on it but then she's put in so much work rehab and everything else and like work that any sane person probably would have given up and hung up the boots by now but she still is determined to play and you know even seeing her last year playing at the standard that she was able to play you know, she has both feet, she's able to score, she's able to defend, she's able to, you know, her work rate is huge as well. And, and all she's done and gives to Roscommon football, yeah, I definitely say she's the second best. Now they're going to they're gonna kill me. <laughs> which one I said was first and which one I said was second. We'll just, we'll just say you picked them in alphabetical order. Yeah, that's it, that's it. Jo- but, joint, joint top. But Natalie had an excellent choice as well because uh, it, she'd be one of those forgotten names, dare I say. She might be mm. well-known Roscommon, but of course with the injuries she's picked up and again as we mentioned there are nobody sees what goes on off the pitch you know yeah, some yeah, see the training right. ground nobody sees the work so I certainly hope for Natalie as well it works out for her and she gets to represent Roscommon much more over the next couple of years Laura Fleming and Natalie McHugh the first two picks is now for the players you played against the best player you played against and why um, so I had to make up a few rules for this one because it was really hard uh, to pick out one. There's so, so many amazing um, footballers in the country. But so I, I tried to pick two midfielders and I said that I'd only that I played against this year or in the last kind of 12 months. So number one would be more uh, O'Shaughnessy from Meath, um, the Meath captain and the Meath midfielder. She is just, she just defines, I suppose, you know, what a captain is all about, her leadership on the pitch. Um, 
you know, not even what she says, but the way she conducts herself, you know, it's something that's remarkable. And, you know, she covers so much ground, you know, she gets up and she can score a point and then she's back in defence, you know, in the blink of an eye. Yeah, she, so she's a really tough competitor. Um, so definitely I would say more autocracy. And more like even just looking at her 2020 and not just even talking about me or being captain and all that. No, no different to yourself. She was standout name in the championship campaign and very, very instrumental in me finally getting over the line and getting back to the senior ranks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she, she was huge. And, you know, her performance, she was very consistent in her performances and deservedly so was named on the team of the year as well. So Jenny, we've three of the fantastic four picked. We have Laura Fleming from Roscommon, Natalie McHugh from Roscommon and Maura O'Shockensee from Mead. It is now time to complete your fantastic four, the second player you played against and why? Uh, again, I went with someone, I guess, was a midfielder and someone who I've played uh, against in recent years and competed against and that would be Bernie Breen from Wexford. So originally from Kerry, but, you know, transferred to Wexford. So we had many a battle over the last couple of years, but I suppose we our battles were reignited there in in November when we had to to pair up and and take each other on again. And uh, yeah, just with Birdie, I suppose she's a role model for her team as well. And again, the way she conducts herself on the pitch, like she her work rate is immense, and she gets up and down the pitch. And you know, she she really gets the girls around her going. And you know, she she can win kickouts. She she's a great distributor of the ball and things like that. So yeah, just you know, in terms of competing, you know that's definitely one of my, my toughest competitors so I'd say, say Bernie Breen and Bernie Breen of course a driving force of Wexford she's pretty much taken everything she's learned from Kerry and putting it in to a resurgence in Wexford like as you mentioned they were a very very good team this year it was a very very difficult group and it could easily have gone any way yeah that, that's it and you know Bernie has probably really energised Wexford since she's come in I, I remember a couple of years ago um, you know when we, we were kind of up and coming and we met a very strong Wexford team it was when they actually won the the league and Division Three league, and uh, yeah, there she was. She was a huge part of that team, and she continues to be be that way. And you could see it again there in November. You know, I definitely had my hands full. You know, I had a lot of preparation coming into the game to try and um, and take her on. So yeah, she's definitely still still got it, and she's um, um, energizing Wexford every day. Another jewel we're looking forward to seeing in some capacity in 2021. Jenny Higgins, your fantastic four one more time. Laura Fleming from Roscommon, Natalie McHugh from Roscommon, Laura O'Shockensee from Mead and Bernie Breen from Wexford. Jenny, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I look forward to doing this again when you do reach the 150 appearance mark. With that being said, thank you very much for joining us here on The Fair Green. Thanks very much, Derry.